The world's never seen a nation the size and scale of China grow so fast. Of course, years of ghost city scandals and malinvestment projects, both built and blown up in short order to clear space for new projects, is becoming commonplace. But now some alleged real estate Ponzi schemes are starting to hit average people's life savings, and tens of thousands want their money back. Once the country's second largest real estate developer, Chinese property developer giant Evergrande, is now drowning in debt and likely to default on what it owes. Some 1.5 million people have put deposits on new homes that have yet to be built. Reportedly, over 70,000 retail investors forked over vast sums of money, in some cases their entire life savings, after the country's second largest, too-big-to-fail property developer wooed them with promises of 10% plus annual returns. After accumulating an equivalent value of about $410 billion fiat Fed note liabilities, the company Evergrande, which became the country's largest high-yield dollar bond issuer, 16% of all its standing notes, sparked protests across the country earlier this week after announcing they are forced to delay payments in their wealth management products. Here's Reuters with more on this ongoing story. It's a sight repeated across China. Scores of unfinished homes with construction at a standstill. They're the work of ailing property developer Evergrande. This week saw reports that the giant firm could fail to make loan interest payments. It's weighed down by $305 billion in liabilities. Markets and officials are worried what might happen if it succumbs to a messy collapse. People who bought apartments from the firm have a more immediate concern. They want to see their new homes finished. Fan Wanting bought an apartment at a complex in the city of Luoyang. We definitely hope that the government will come out and give us an assurance. We still have to pay the mortgage. Our children go to school around here. The pressure on our young people is also very high. We hope that construction workers will return as soon as possible and then hand over the house as soon as possible. In that event, our lives at least have some kind of certainty. Other buyers have been told they can't get a refund. Evergrande employees are worried too. This property salesman, who didn't want to be identified, said there had already been a lot of layoffs. It all leaves buyers looking to Beijing. The Chinese government has asked Evergrande to guarantee that it can deliver all units sold. Investors also have questions. Will the firm be allowed to go under, or will Beijing intervene in some way? Many worry that an unmanaged default would have unpredictable and severe consequences for China's financial system. Right now, though, no one is getting any answers to their questions. Evergrande allegedly has more than 700 real estate projects across 223 Chinese cities most of which lie in the country's less developed regions, and has committed to complete some 1.4 million properties by the end of June, according to the Straits Times. Beijing has yet to make an official statement on what actions will be taken, as many unsecured investors, both domestic and foreign, are hoping for a full-on government bailout. According to Wolf Richter of, of WolfStreet.com, 
Property development has been a huge factor in China's economic growth and supposed miracle story. It accounts for 28% of GDP and much of it has been funded by debt, including fiat dollar denominated debt, and much of it is now blowing up in their faces. So will the collapse of over-leveraged Chinese property developers cause a financial crisis in China and perhaps beyond? It could, but some of the biggest losers are foreign investors that bought these bonds, and not Chinese banks. And for a financial crisis to happen, it would have to sink China's banking system. These here are the four globally systematically important Chinese banks. If you start seeing one of these names in the crosshairs, that could have chain-reacting global ramifications. For now, it looks like China might be trying to force a brutal deleveraging on the property sector to bring down risks and tamp down on rampant speculation and price increases. It looks like an effort to rebalance the economy away from property development. It looks like investors are invited to eat the costs of this forced deleveraging, with the government perhaps teaching them a lesson, namely that they might not get bailed out, and that the flood of liquidity into the property sector was misguided and needs to end. And it looks like the government is willing to take the risks of spillover effects into the broader economy and credit markets. And if, in fact, the government refuses to bail out bondholders and allows a large-scale bloodbath amongst investors, particularly foreign investors, to occur in order to deleverage the economy, that'd be a sea change for investors in China. We'll likely see in the coming weeks and months in which direction the Chinese financial authorities go. Again, those four GSIB bank names that we listed, as defined by the Bank for International Settlements Financial Stability Board, those are the names to stay focused on in terms of a potential contagion going possibly beyond China. Hello there, on behalf of sdbullying.com, this is James Anderson. Before we go further, please smash the like button so other sound money stackers can also see this content. And be sure to subscribe to our SD Bullying channel so you can get our latest market coverages and also a chance at winning incredible bullying giveaways like this one. You know the drill. SD Bullion is giving away a box of 500 new 2021 Silver Eagles that could have your name written all over it. But if you don't enter, it could go to someone like Silver Steve here. And while we like Silver Steve, he really doesn't like to share. So click the link below for your chance to win. Click the link below to enter your chance at winning this 2021 SD Bullion Type 2 American Silver Eagle Coin Monster Box giveaway of 500 Silver Eagle Coins. Official sweepstakes rules can be found at www.sdbullying.com forward slash sweepstakes. Good luck to all of you who enter and for your chance to win. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Silver and gold spot prices have been trading like trash of late. The gold spot price is likely to close this week around the $17.50 an ounce handle, and the silver spot price looks to finish the week just below $22.50 an ounce. Silver is basically teetering on the bottom of its last over one year consolidation channel. The gold-silver ratio has now climbed near 80, and it remains to be seen what kind of spot price attack shenanigans might get let loose this coming Sunday night in low volume Asian trading hours to possibly get shorts out from under any potential paper losses they may be still staring at. If you are still acquiring physical precious metal positions, keep your heads on a swivel and potential buying triggers engaged. Here is the gold spot price versus the 200 day moving average throughout this full fiat currency era, now over 50 years running. And now we'll zoom into the last five years or so so you can see the context of where we are versus where we've recently been. 
Here is the silver spot price versus the 200 day moving average throughout this full fiat currency era. Again, now over five decades running. And also again, we will zoom into the last five years or so so you can see the context of where we are versus where we have somewhat recently been. Anecdotal reports out of China are that Chinese housewives have been buying the price dip and gold bullion import inflows were heavy this past week. On the United States side of this current situation, Daniel Oliver of Meyer McKen had this gold versus real negative interest rates chart to remind us of how mispriced things are in the current financial markets at the moment. Remember that when we're looking at current negative interest rates that are near now negative 5% per annum, you have to also remember that the government is likely underreporting the true price inflation by a factor of about two times, meaning real inflation is likely running around 10% for most citizens. Now, back in the 1970s, the U.S. government and the Bureau of Labor Statistics was not in the full-time business of rigging price data on a regular basis as they are increasingly now in the 2020s. The case for the price of gold being multiples of where it is right now can be made. But let's just wait and see how much worse the situation gets for the inflation data in the coming years before we completely get shocked by this perverted price discovery that we're witnessing. The reported balance sheet of the Federal Reserve is now at $8.5 trillion and counting. Remember what happened last time the Federal Reserve tried to taper its balance sheet while the Fed funds rate got moved up to near 2%? That's right, the stock market rolled over and emergency phone calls were made on Christmas Eve 2018 to the Plunge Protection Team and various commercial banks. The New York Fed repo loan ramp did not follow long after and that was uh, about a half year before the pandemic affected a thing in the financial markets. So not all was well. The financial system is still structurally sick as a cancer patient. And the question of when confidence really starts collapsing and investors start running for the tiny exits that's what we are staying focused on around here. This week, the Institute for International Finance reminded the world of the crazy debt binge it's been on, especially over the last handful of years. Of course, many of these hard debt levels, now near 300 trillion, are owned by corporates, households, and others denominated in fiat currencies that the debtors do not have printing presses for. Newsflash, much of this is not going to get paid back in real terms. Not accounted for either in these totals are the hundreds of trillions in not safe for unfunded promises and liabilities that the West owes. For example, in the USA alone, unfunded programs like Social Security, Medicare, government pensions, and other mandatory government promise piles have been estimated at over $200 trillion alone. How will the coming defaults and currency debasements in real value terms unfold? Swinging this update back to silver from the start, of the month of September, longtime silver derivative trader Peter Brandt tweeted this asymmetric bet that he was supposedly making at the beginning of this month. The idea that Silver Spot would not see below 20 an ounce before having a run at 50 an ounce ahead, well, that claim is now in serious question. But let's look at some ridiculous fundamental drivers outside of record silver investment demand ongoing. For example, the Biden administration proposed $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill upcoming of which a large portion of promises are being made for massive solar panel buildup in the U.S. electric grid in the decades to come. We now have outlandish claims from the Department of Energy stating that 40% of the U.S. electricity will come from solar panels by the year 2035. 
Basically, imagine a solar panel, a bit smaller than the state of Maine, broken up and sprinkled about on rooftops and in unused sections and swaths of arid and non-U.S. farmlands. The U.S. Department of Energy also has a solar futures study, it was 310 pages long, one riddled with many assumptions that will prove to be wrong, but the most salient part was likely on page 166, where they literally state, Silver demand from solar panels could reach almost 40% of 2020 global production in a global decarbonization scenario. Uh, Earth to the Department of Energy, I don't know, maybe you haven't been paying attention thus far this decade, but the amounts of silver bullion and investment ETF demand ongoing and to come is going to be a real problem for supply at these paltry spot prices. You'd better come up with a higher spot price to induce that kind of silver mining and refining required to meet the lofty figures you published in this report. Also in this report, they talk one day undefined thrifting, more expensive silver inputs for copper into this solar panel infrastructure grid build out. Never mind that current copper solar panels don't perform as well nor last as long. And oh yeah, silver laced solar panels only have about a three decade lifespan. So hopefully by the year 2050, we've invented cold fusion and free energy so we don't have to do this again. But the Department of Energy has a commingled figure of 2.5 billion ounces of silver and later thrifted copper that will supposedly go into this program. So the idea that silver spot price is going to slip back and flounder into the teens for a long duration to come is pretty silly. And the way the U.S. government is talking about silver lace solar panels combined with their infinite fiat monetary base of rampings of late, silver should be set up for some of its best years to come. That's all for this week's SD Bullion Market Update. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, take great care of yourselves and those you love. If you enjoyed this content, be sure to give our video a thumbs up. To keep getting bullion-related news and industry insights, be sure to subscribe to our channel. Finally, hit that alert button so you know when we publish fresh content. Give us your thoughts in the comments below. Let us know what you think and which topics you want to hear more about.